0: Okay, guys, very, very welcome back to the show today. I've got a very special guest on the show today, a very rare guest, as we talked about earlier off camera, Mister Kevin Jeffries. He's been in the wrestling business now for forty six years. Um, as
1: Thanks a, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: not giving away, I'm not giving away your age or anything like that. He used to be in the WWF, who's a recent inductee to the Cauliflower Alley Club, which we're going to talk about in a little bit as well. So, Kevin, really appreciate your time today.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me and like I was telling you earlier, this is number two for me for podcasts. I'm just not one that wants to do them and uh, you know, I was kind of wormed into this one and I said what the heck it's just close to Christmas. I'll do it and then uh, and we'll see how it goes.
0: The, the Smooth Talking co-host, Jack Kilby, got this one over the line. I think the Canadian connection worked there. I, I've got an Irish connection, and that got me in through the doors of WWE, actually, a couple of weeks back. Oh. I interviewed our, our ring announcer, Kevin Patrick, SmackDown ring announcer, and I think my Irish connection helped
1: there as well. Oh, Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. That's good to it's have. A pretty, so.
0: it's, a, it's a pretty hard place to get an interview, so I was absolutely delighted to uh, yeah. to be able to do it. Look, back to yourself anyway. The wrestling business obviously it's it's a crazy business at times how did you decide that you wanted to become involved in it? i know you did do some wrestling as well
1: yeah i wrestled too but what really you know when i was younger i was watching it four five six years old on tv seven eight years old, nine ten years, you know i was i loved it i loved watching it every saturday afternoon Um, I live in the Okanagan Valley of British Columbia, Canada, and we had a show called All-Star Wrestling out of Vancouver that was owned by Gene Kaniski and Sandra Kovacs at the time. And I used to, my mom used to let me watch it every Saturday, one hour show, um, you know, at uh, six o'clock. And uh, I just fell in love with this. I'm just going like, wow, this is, you know, it's different. It's different. And uh, um, when I was... Seventeen or so, I sort of got involved. I went uh, to a show at uh, at an arena, and uh, I was talking to people and started helping them set up the chairs and set up the rings and all that. And uh, you know, I got to know the referee at that time was Rory McLarty, who's out of Winnipeg, Canada, also, and Roy wrestled bumping. Oh, for years and years, you know, he had some amazing yeah. Broadway matches with with uh Vern Gagne and all that. But got to know Roy and then and then just kept going to the shows in the Okanagan. Uh Ron Kalmakoff and Claude Richman were the front guys out of Total Entertainment out of Kamloops, BC. And uh they they sort of hired me on to help set up the ring and the chairs and all that. And and one day, uh they, they said, you want to pick up the guy's jackets at the ring? And I thought, man, this is cool. I get to I get to pick up their jackets and take it back to the dressing room. Well, I got as far as the door and they're, get out of here. You can't come, you know, and I had to leave the, the jacket yeah. outside the door and all that. And I'm, damn, I you know, you want to go in, you want to see who that mask wrestler is or who's what, Hey, eh? And, and uh, so, but. I continued on doing that and going to school at the same time and then uh, going on weekends and going to Vernon, Cam going on uh, different shows and all that. And one day in the in the wrestling ring, age 17, 18 years old in Vernon, B.C., I was bouncing around the ropes and all that. Roy McLarty and Eric Froelich were standing there and Roy says, Kevin, do you want to wrestle? And he said I had the biggest smile on my face and... Uh, It started there with him training me and all that so I got into got into learning a lot of the wrestling and and uh, and then uh, Come back in and uh, a few times I refereed matches and Rory just said man that comes natural to you So but I think it was from all the years of watching the wrestling. I got to do things uh, you know uh, Taking backdrops and all that, and oh, just everything. I love the drop kick, back drop. You know, not all the high flying they do today, but still stuff that made sense and told a story to the people. So, so it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, and that's sort of how I got into it. So, yeah. trained hard and uh, and listened.
0: Can you talk to me about what the training was like under rory like what did it entail back then wrestling training totally
1: different from today's training uh rory was tough on me he was tough you know like he would literally take you in there and he'd show you things and you know when he put the holds on you he put the holds on you and you know uh, you'd loosen up after but he put them in when you'd lock up or something you locked in stiff you know you really yeah. stiff all that and the chops and the punches were a little heavier and that and There was there was times in there where you just have me going off the ropes back and forth, doing all sorts of things, maneuvers, in and out of you know, wrist locks, hammer locks, reversing, teaching that, arm drags and all that. And then I'd get up and I just, you know, like you literally I would want to punch him in the mouth because I'm going, Oh my God, you just put me through. But that's how you learn back then, you know, you just went through it. He never hurt you. Never ever, you never ever got hurt unless you got hurt yourself. But he put you through rigorous training, and that's how you got the discipline to be in the business. So, um, in Vernon, one time, uh, Wild Don Wait and Bobby Bass, the Texas outlaw, where I didn't realize they were in the stands sleeping, and and I'm in there taking these high backdrops in the ring, and all of a sudden, Bobby Bass popped up and goes, "What the hell's going on? Get that kid out of the ring! He's sh- he's showing me up, you know." And it was funny because. After I met Bobby Bass, I said to him, "I says those high backdrops is from watching you on TV and at shows, and I learned to position my hands where you did, and and go up and over and go as high as I possibly could. So, so it, it was kind of neat. And uh, Mr. Bass and I have been close friends ever since. You know, we we meet at the CACs every year and and all that. But yeah, the tough learning, Roy was a, was a tough learner, taught you tough, you know, Eric Froehlitz got in there with a few times with me and he'd lock you up where you couldn't get out, you know, sort of a little bit of the shoot wrestling, you know, chain wrestling and all that went on. And, but that's how you learn back then. Yeah.
0: What, what point in time or did there a point in time come in your career where you kind of had to veer off towards the referee and and leave the wrestling behind or what kind of way did that go?
1: It's not that I ever left the wrestling. It's uh Roy asked me to ref a couple matches one night and I refed them and he came back in the dressing room after me. He says, Jesus, KJ. He says, Man, you're you're so good at this. You're um, like it just comes natural to you. I knew when to turn, I knew when not to look, I knew, you know, the everything. It just sort of came natural. And I guess again, that was from watching and watching. So, so he asked me, he says, you know, he, you could re- referee you could wrestle you you know you can do both so so what i ended up doing is doing a lot of refereeing but then on also on shows i would i would wrestle too when they needed a guy if someone didn't show up or anything they needed someone to go in i'd go in there or else i'd wrestle a match the opening match or something and then referee the main event or something that evening so and uh yeah it just came natural to me and uh and I enjoyed it. It was tough on the knees, but uh, I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it just, it's just—it's one of those things that if—if if you watch the matches, but you got to watch every match. And back then we would watch every match. Moondog, Ed Meridian and I, we would stand out there and watch every single match. That's how you learn. Today, everyone stays in the dressing rooms. They don't go out and watch and and, and, and see if these guys are doing something that they were going to do in their match so they're not copying it and that. So, so it was always study, 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 listen, listen, listen. Yeah.
0: Which was your preference, uh, looking back, maybe wrestling or refereeing? I know, obviously, you made
1: quite a name from my preference because i love the business so much and this business i got to learn everything in the business i got to learn how to promote and book and you know management and agents and all that you know i got to learn it all you know And, and uh i you know i from from starting out by picking up wrestling jackets and setting up chairs and wrestling rings and all that all the way up to promoting and and, and uh, mentoring and that I, I've learned it all. I've learned it all, and and uh, there's not a a day in my life that I have ever been sorry that I got into this business.
0: Yeah, I was reading a, an article. I think it came out in 2011, um, and I had a, a story about Terry Adonis. It was.
1: um Oh, yeah.
0: And the story with your aunt in the crowd. Uh, do you want to fill people in on that? I thought that was a cool uh, story. Yeah, it
1: was a, a match at the uh, Gardens in Vancouver for All-Star Wrestling. I believe it was with Al Tomko was a promoter then. So, And uh Terry and I were having a, a battle, and uh, I was leaving for a while. And so they just, uh, they just wanted to uh, do a match where Terry literally kicked the living heck out of me and all that. And uh he had me bleeding and all that my auntie Kay, god rest her soul used to always come to the shows she actually became good friends with siegfried steinke and his wife and all that so she'd always come to the garden shows whenever her kevy was there so she always called me my kevy you know and uh so she'd she'd sit there and enjoy the show and all that and uh, though one time they they were carrying me back to the dressing room and uh on the on the stretcher there and uh Terry Adonis come flying at the dressing room after and I'm leading and he kicked me off this stretcher and my aunt Literally he went he could not go back to the dressing room. She was standing right there She had one high heel shoe on one off She literally chased him back by the ring around the ring all the way back to the dressing room she like she wanted to kill this guy for hurting her Kevin, you know and uh, I got in the dressing room and and he came through from the other dressing room and he goes jeffries who the hell was that woman chasing and I said, that's my aunt she won't stay <laughs> she wouldn't sit still you know at that so you know and i used to tell her always any case stay in your seat you know stay in your seat and she never would there was an incident uh bctv studios i was in a match and Ed Wyskowski came in and took a cane and hit me in the gut. Well, my aunt got out of the studio chairs. and we chased him back. You know, she just, nobody was going to hurt. She was protecting family, you know. So, yeah, there was a, a few times like that. And I used to have to try and tell her, sit down and enjoy the matches. I'm okay. So, yeah. So, but yeah, fun times.
0: Do you think that element is kind of lost in the business these days? We we touched on off camera. We were talking about social media and websites and different things like that. Do you think that people know too much now about the business or think they know oh, too yeah. much rather?
1: Totally, totally. I mean, social media has really, you know, hurt the business a lot, you know. I mean, today wrestlers wrestle each other and then. Right after the show, they take a picture with each other and post it on social media. Oh, excuse me, guys. Think, 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 think. You know, you just finished wrestling this person in a you know, 15, 20-minute match and you beat the hell out of each other. Then you go on social media and you're standing there smiling with each other having a cold brew or something. Like, you know, just think about it, you know. So try and bring it back as much as you could to the – the old way, you know, you got to, uh, you know, you, you got to be, uh, got to be smart in this business, you know, to do things. I mean, uh, we used to travel to the shows, and if I was traveling with a heel in the dressing in, in the vehicle. I'd get dropped off a block or two blocks before the building and then walk the rest of the way or not so you're not seen with each other uh when i first started in wwf when we went up there we were separate everywhere in the in the airports too you know you couldn't sit in the same area with the heels and all that so but that's gone now you know and the fans know it's gone now it's it's hard to uh it's hard to get the fans to believe In the product uh, like we used to so but uh, it's just a different era of the uh, sports entertainment now and and when I was in it it was called professional wrestling today I call it sports entertainment most people do call it sports entertainment Uh, a lot of the uh, kids coming up today they call themselves professional wrestlers I kind of call them weekend warriors because they're only wrestling once or twice a weekend so you know, when yeah. we were on the road, six, seven days a week.
0: Yeah, when I talk to guys from the from the eighties into the nineties, they say one of the guys that Mario Mancini, he's got a, a show on this channel. He said I broke into the
1: wrestling business. Not yeah, the exactly. Business. Yeah, I, you yeah, know, and I broke into the wrestling business. Today I referee, and I referee in the sports entertainment business. Totally different. A totally different way to referee. You know, so, and I'm not knocking the kids of today at all. I never will. I'm behind them 110%. If I can help you out and you come to me, I'm going to help you out no matter what. Why? Because I love this business. Yeah. I know
0: you just touched on it there. You've
1: still refereeing to this day.
0: Um, What kind of work are you doing now? What kind of promotions are you working for at the moment?
1: Well, I'm here in the Okanagan. I work for... um, company, uh, Nick Zylansky, he, uh, he has a promotion company here called Thrash Wrestling and he has me uh, quite a few of his shows. They're doing the, the uh, mini events and all that. And uh, just recently, I uh, was up to uh, Prince George. They asked me to come up to Prince George, BC for uh, a new company out of their primetime wrestling. Um, Stuart Brown is running it, the all are up there and uh, uh, very professionally put together business up there and and they treated just treated me like gold up there and and uh, they've already asked me to come back up there and help them out and they do a lot for charity so so Excellent. good time and the group that was there is just amazing so just an amazing time so I go up there I'll do I don't do more than two matches and I usually one or two matches a night and I that's it. So
0: yeah. What's the main difference now between the wrestling business as we have talked about and the entertainment business that you're in now like what are the main differences from you from someone that's been in both?
1: more entertainment than there is wrestling that's what it is it's just all fast action no sell it's a it's a no-sell business now you know they get thrown over the top rope land down there and they don't sell they get up and they get back in there and do something else flying off the top ropes and landing in the in the chairs and all that you know it's just uh it's it's totally different it's just like it's uh A Superman type thing and uh, the sad thing about it is most of the dressing rooms the matches aren't coordinated like these kids they go out and it's one you know they go in there and they do all their stuff and then the next match goes in there and they're doing half the same stuff that the last match did and they're not getting together in the dressing room and checking with people or watching the matches ahead of time you know and saying okay they did this so let's change our spot that we were going to do and not do that and that's the real that's a real bad problem in the business today
0: yeah we're going to talk about obviously you worked for wwf i believe it was 1987 when you got your first job at WWF. there and what i want to know is how
1: did that situation come about i was working for Hart, and uh Stu put a good word in for me. Uh, Moose Murowski, out in Vancouver, and Dean Haguchi, Dean Ho, put good words in for me. Uh, the late great Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy Smith, and uh, and um, they they put good words in for me, and um, I got called up, and uh, and became a referee with them so and they they said the same thing there bring your other gear too because you never know if someone's not going to show but it was pretty well all referee and I enjoyed it it was it was different it was different and and they treated me very professionally and they paid me very well and and I, I got to you know do a lot and got to meet a lot of new people
0: yeah did you see that as the the pinnacle of jobs going to the WWF then at that
1: time um going up to the big office was nice yeah but honestly i miss the independent days you know the independent days i mean when you're in the the big office it's 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 They like they 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 own you up there and all that it's you know you got to do this and this and this and this and this and that so and uh i just miss those uh six and seven days a week traveling in the independent shows where you were amongst the fans always like the fans were always there for you and all that and you'd be involved with them always and uh, when you got up to those big shows you know you didn't see too many of the fans you know like you went out to the ring you did your match you came back went in the dressing room you know went and did your other match you know, and then you go back to the hotel go have a bite to eat you know and, and that the fans weren't as much as around now today it's a little different they're letting them in there more and more so and uh yeah it was just a, it was a different era you know i mean wwe yeah uh, we'd go 10 days on the road 3 days off 10 days on one day off sort of things it was it was a hectic schedule very hectic schedule doing all those shows and all that and again i would never you know i have nothing I had to say about it i loved it i enjoyed it um yeah. it was life uh, to be involved in professional wrestling so you know I mean that's better than a nine to five job every day as far as I was concerned sure. so. yeah
0: a lot of guys I talked to from the from that era the 80s the early 90s would be kind of given out about the way the business has gone now in terms of scripted matches and whatever and they would often just say they'd meet up backstage and they'd ask what's the finish and then they'd work the match from there. was that kind of your experience in those days?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, when we were in there, that's it. The finish, you go in there. I mean, as a referee, you go in there and say, what are you guys doing? They're doing this. Am I involved in something? You know, if they'd say you're, you know, we well, need you to do this or something like that. And then it's just otherwise the finish and that was it. So you didn't have to go through the whole match and all that. And so, and back when we started, we, we never, you know, we told, the referee was told this is going to be the finish in the match, but Everything else was called in the ring, you know, and in front of the fans, that's how you got to tell the story. The best is because the fans would tell you what they wanted. You know, if you wanted to squeeze that headlock on the fans would be going, you know, do it, do it. It was it was it's to me, it's easier to get in there and call it in the ring and tell a story in the ring, giving the fans what they want, than sitting in the dress room And Going through your match and trying to remember every single move that you got because I can't do it I I go in these in these these kids in the back now I go in the back and I hear them going okay We're gonna do this and then we'll go into this and then into this and into this and I'm going oh my god All I want is the finish give me the finish because I don't want to hear all that stuff Because I would honest to god I would forget it all. I would forget it all I like it you know, it's just choreographed too much today so but again it's a different era and uh look at them look at the shows they're bringing you know look at you know they're packing coliseums everywhere so so yeah. you can't knock it it's it's entertainment and the fans love it
0: yeah we're gonna obviously touch on the
1: Ferrari award a little bit but before
0: we do that i just want to ask you aside from that like what's your proudest moment in the wrestling business
1: um, Actually, my proudest moment is what we'll probably talk about is a Cauliflower Alley clip. So yeah, uh, that was aside, really, uh, being honoured.
0: Aside from that, though, in, in the ring, like, is there any matches that stand out to you or any particular moment inside um, the
1: ring? Yeah, when I refereed the British Bulldogs, the Hart Foundation, Demolition those were amazing matches i never worked with better guys you know like i just love being in the ring with those guys jimmy hart loved to be in the ring with these guys you know it, was, um, it just it just amazing things to do and those those tag matches were just unbelievable and you know? also like To this day, I'll still say it, and I don't care what anyone says. I still think Bret Hart's one of the best there was in this business ever. So he knew how to wrestle, he knew how to tell a story, So, and he made it look real.
0: Yeah, that's what what any of the guys that work Bret said to me. He works snug. Yeah, yeah, he does, he does, yes. What do you think is the most important thing about the role of a
1: referee in the business? Uh, The most important thing is giving them space but being in their face it's the most important thing is giving them the room to work but being on top of them you you're you're a police officer in there you gotta you gotta be on top of them there's there's too many referees that just stand back and they're watching and they go what do i do you know i don't know what to do here get in their face make it look real that's the thing you gotta be on them you know you and don't take no crap in there that's the thing Don't let the wrestlers make you look stupid because if they make you look stupid, I can change that match in a split second. So, you know, like I've always said, I can either make you look really good in that ring or I can make you look like crap in that ring, you know, and you want to look good. So listen to me. If I don't think you're doing the right thing in there and I tell you to do something different, do it and it makes sense
0: and is there a particular referee that you aspired to be like or someone that you learned a lot from who would that be
1: well i learned a lot from rory mclarty without a doubt you know um you know um when i was in wwf there david hefner who was the late great david hefner was great with me so um out of canada joey Morella is another amazing you know guys that i uh i got to work with so um Yeah, the uh, you know Dave sort of taught me a lot about the you know when in the WWF it was a little different you know you got to make sure you you know it was cameras you got to watch cameras you got to be off the camera side and this side and all that so but no taught me a lot of that so but uh, no I I have to say probably the guy that taught me the most and you know was at the beginning was Roy McLarty so you know he just uh, he was there but like uh, like Roy said to me you know. It came natural to me. That's pretty well it. It just came natural to me. I just could sense, you know, in the ring, I could sense with the crowd if uh, two, two heels in a tag match were teaming up on one and I'm with the other one as he comes in the ring, I could totally sense when it's time for me to turn around and those guys would be smart enough to be at, one of them would be outside the ring and i wouldn't see it you know and if it just gets the fans but you got to know how to do that so it's just reading that crowd listening to the crowd and listening to the guys in the ring so
0: yeah did you ever get any advice or learn anything from vince mcmahon in your time over there
1: oh yeah i mean it was uh, you know he he was good to me when we had our chats and all that and the you know, it's always just treat everyone with kindness, you know, whether you like them or not, you know, and 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 go in there and do the job the best you can. So, you know, so it's just, yeah, he was very good. Uh, Jack Lanza and Chief J. Strongbow were very good with me, his road agents, uh, Tony Guerilla, who I see every once in a while at the Cauliflower Alley Club, was another one that was, you know, very good with me, so. And I got to get to know Tony a bit because he was tag team champions with my very close friend, the late great Dean Ho, Dean Gucci, and all that. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, the advice you get from these guys is just uh, amazing. So, you know, I mean, even when I started out in WWF being in the ring and a young Sam Houston's wrestling in there, you know, Sammy would even tell me position yourself here and there, you know, which helps out. So, a lot of you know, that's uh, a lot of the guys helped me out with the uh, positioning and all that. So,
0: yeah, I've, I've talked to Sam on the show as well, a really nice guy. So, there is a story out there on the in the web about Mr. Hulk Hogan specifically asking you to referee one of his matches with yeah, King Kong. In,
1: uh, yeah, that was uh the Seattle Seattle match and all that. I believe it was Seattle, Washington. Yeah, so um, um I think it was Jay Strongmore and Jack Lance that came to me and says, Hogan says, uh, you can you'd like you ref his match, which was nice, and that's when I was just starting out. So, and I never ever thought, like I said to Dave, Heppner, I never ever thought because Dave would do those matches, you know, and all this, and it was a house show, or, and that, and you, you you never get it, but it's 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 a nice pat in the back when someone who's their main event guy comes up to you and says, you know. I'd like to have KJ do my match, and they let him do it. And I think Joey Morella, I think stepped back that night for, for that to happen, which was really good. So and I got, you know, I got praised in the back after about it, so which was good, and I like that. So, so yeah, I was nervous as well going in there, but, you know, it's just it's another match. That's the thing, you know. You get in there, it's another match. So, I got pumped up more of his music playing, you know, and when i go out to the ring and then all of a sudden his music comes on that was pumping me up and getting my heart beat going more than anything else so but no yeah and then you do it and then it's just you know it's 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 another match so i you know i get uh, a lot of the young kids that are refereeing now that i help out um and the thrash shows and the uh, prime time shows and that wherever i'm um, i'm always helping them if i can and uh you know there's times where i'll give them the chance if. The thrash or primetime's bringing in a main event or you know, a former WWE star or something, i will say, Well, let this young guy do it. So, you know, yeah. you know, give them a chance to do it because the only way you're gonna learn is to do it. So and it's 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 a big thing for them to be able to do that match and and they could have it in their resume or whatever they keep track of. I never ever, if you wanna know about me, you gotta go ask Vance Nevada. I didn't keep track of every single match. Like match refereed or match wrestled i mean vance he sent me something a few years back about you know you beat uh, this guy in this town in calgary and this guy in this you know yeah. and i said i did i said i can't remember being in that town you know and so but it's and today all the kids they keep track of all how many matches they've had or not you could you couldn't ask me how many matches i had or how many matches i referee because i don't care and honestly I don't care. I just wanted <laughs> to be in the business and do my job, get my paycheck, and go home.
0: Chris Jericho brought out a book. I think it was last Christmas or the Christmas before, and he had written down every single match he ever had.
1: Yeah, wrote, I, 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 I saw that in his book. Yeah, amazing, eh? Yeah, amazing. And it's when you look back on things like that, you go, "Wow, you know, wow, wow, wow." So. But yeah, it's it's different. But they, the the yeah. kids that keep track of them today always know. They'll remember the towns they're in and what happened and all that. So I just went from city to city. I did this. I did that. I did this. You know, that's you know. So it's totally different outlook today. C-
0: coming back to Hogan then for a second, and you said you got accolades after the match. Did he personally thank you
1: after yes. the match? Oh, Definitely came in and shake a hand, big hug, and said you did a good job, brother, you know, very good job, you know. So he knew you your positioning was amazing in there. So yeah, so I think there was one spot in there where uh it was i think it was him and boss man yeah him and boss man or him and bundy and off the ropes and i just got out of the way for hogan hitting the ropes because i didn't realize he was coming that quick in there eh? and i just moved Mm -hmm. in time which was good so but yeah it's uh it's it's positioning and staying out of the way so um i just recently did a match with uh braden goss out of thrash wrestling one of their top stars and and Austin Aries and Austin just came in the back after. He says, I loved it, kid. He says, I didn't see you out there, Kevin. I, you weren't in my way at all. It's amazing. And that's what they like as referees. Stay out of their way. Let them do what they want to do. But like I've always say, be in their face, but give them space. Mm-hmm.
0: Any memories of Andre the Giant, another polarizing character from that time?
1: Uh there's a story, and I've probably told it many, many times. Uh, Kamloops, British Columbia. Uh, we were all at, uh, we did a show for All-Star Wrestling in Memorial Arena. And Andre was the main event, of course, the main attraction. And we were staying at a hotel, and it's still standing today. It's called the Plaza Hotel in Kamloops. And uh, I uh, we all went downstairs into the club that night drinking, and and Andre was ordering the the drinks like by a case a case at a time at a beer coming to the table and last call came and we got last call and then all of a sudden Andres sitting there and i feel like a midget because he was right on one side of me and i think claude richmond or someone from the promotion was on the other side of me and i yep. you know i'm five foot six five foot seven you know to begin with so but uh i wanted to get the last the last case eh he says, Here, I'll get this, boss. And his hand literally hit me here, and just my chair went back, and everything. I said, no, no. I said You made me money tonight? No, no, no. So, and uh, that was for the last call. And then after last call came, uh, he, he wanted more. And the waitress says, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I speak to the boss. So the manager of the club, either the manager or the owner, came over and says, What's the problem? Well, Andre pushed his chair back, stood up, and this guy just like this started. <laughs> just says, My friends and I would like another round. So they brought another round and table. We said, okay, this one, but that's it. Then you got to go. My staff has to go home. Andre went to pay. And the guy, no, no, on the house, on the house. Andre slammed his hand down the table, and all of our bottles of beer sort of went like this, you know, because <laughs> of the heavy slap on the table. And we're going like, what the heck? And he goes, should have done it. At the beginning of the night, we would have had everything off the house for free. We wouldn't have (laughs) had to pay for anything. So, So we left there and went across the street. And for some reason, I can't think of the name of the place, but it was like a pizza and steakhouse. And we're walking in there to go eat. And literally, there's this guy intoxicated walking out towards us as we're walking in the door this guy stopped all he saw was these like size 16 or 18 or whatever big feet stood there literally looked up like this at him and went like this turned around went back sat at the table put his hands on the table like this and did not move he did not move he just sat there that whole time while we were in there eating we left and he was still sitting there and you could just see him. We all thought after when we went across the street back to the hotel, we all thought after he probably quit drinking after that night after seeing a giant. So that's one of the <laughs> right now with Andre. So yeah, very good time. But what a gentleman he is. He's just a, a true gentleman, you know, and, and and just just amazing to be around. So yeah, just amazing yeah. to be around with. Is that uh, playing crib with him in the dressing room? You can't see his cards because his hands are so big, so you don't know how many cards he's got left or anything. So, but a great guy to be around, yeah, yeah, just amazing person.
0: I hear nothing but positive stories about that man, and he, he would definitely would have got along well here in Ireland. We we're able to drink well over here as well. I think oh, he would have he loved it over there, yeah, yeah. Um, any memories? This man was kind of in between kind of your stint in there he was kind of becoming into one of the big guys the undertaker mark
1: Callaway. do you have any interactions with him over the years we had met in that, so but no inter, you know re- really interactions or anything like that but one amazing talented professional wrestler he was even when he started out in texas just oh my god the, the guy you know just learned and learned and learned and learned he put he, he put the uh, wwf on a, a huge map so yeah, just amazing. So yeah.
0: We're going to talk about the twenty twenty-three Cauliflower Alley Charlie Smith referee award now, which you were presented with this year. You can see a couple of the other names in the background there that were represented there. Just we touched on it earlier. You said it's your proudest moment in the business. So I'd like to just
1: It is it is because I've been in the business now 40 some odd years and it's the first time I've ever been honored anywhere. You know, I've never I've never been honored at any places, you know, it's, uh, it was my first honor, my first, you know, my first plaque, and, and, and to get it from the Cauliflower Alley Club, which I started going to back in, I think it was 96 or something like that, or 2000, I, I forget, 2006, maybe something like that, so, um, I started going to it, Ed Moretti used to always ask me, Go to this thing, go to this thing. And I never did. I never did. I just thought, oh, what is it? You know, is it just a big, you know? So, so I went and the first year I went to it, man, I just loved it. And I loved the, you know, I, I walked in there and the first thing I saw was Ted DBS. And he goes, oh my God, KJ, you haven't aged, you know? And I hadn't seen him in a number of years and started seeing a lot of the other guys. And, uh, actually, that's where I, uh, I met Ron Hutchison who trained Edge and Christian and all that. I got to meet him and I met him through Bobby Bass and Bobby Bass happened to be there. And I hadn't seen Bobby Bass since my all-star wrestling days. So uh, uh, Bob Johnson, who worked for Stampede Wrestling, was a front man for Stampede Wrestling. He says, Do you know that guy standing over there at the bar? I said, No, I don't think so. And he had a cowboy hat on. He says, That's the legendary Texas outlaw, Bobby Bass. And I went, Oh my God, you know, I worked with this guy. So I went over and tapped him on the back and we chatted, gave a big hug to each other and just, you know, it was nice to reunite with him. So what I like about the Cauliflower Alley Club is, it's, uh, it's a chair of the organization, you know, and it's the only one around and uh, they help wrestlers, you know, and all that with uh, illnesses and all that, they can help a lot of people mm-hmm. out and all that. So, but what I liked about it, it's, it's all volunteers. Nobody gets paid to do anything there. They're all volunteers and all that. And they honor so many people each year and all that, but it's like a big family there. It's just a fun time to reunite with people you haven't seen in a long time and And that, so last year when uh, Brian Blair phoned me up and uh, said, uh, Kevin, we'd like to honor you in 2023 as the Charlie Smith referee, and I go, wow, you know, he says, are you going to be there? And I says, I will be, of course, I'm coming, you know, I go with no matter what, I go, you know, whether there's an award or not, I'm going. So it's just a highlight of my life every year now. So." And uh, Vance, Nevada, was a big part of that. He honored me there this year, and uh, to be honored with CM Punk and another fellow that I worked with, Coco Beware and and Mickie James, and all that to be in a to be in the class of 2023 was amazing. But the biggest part of it was being able to finally be honored, you know. And because I see so many of these people that get honored, you know, and I go, wow, man, they've been in the business five, ten years <laughs> being honored here. Here I am. I've been hanging around for 40 some odd years. And I guess it's just I'm one of those guys. I just go in, I do my my job and all that. And you know, I'm not a vocal person or anything like that. So but it was sure nice to to be able to accept that award. And, uh, and, uh, have the standing ovation and like that I got, so I loved it. I loved it. No, never forget it. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a very illustrious
0: list of people and growing as well. And I yeah. had Brian, I had Brian Blair on the show a couple of years back and, uh, he's doing an amazing job there with looking out for the welfare of these
1: guys as well. Uh, him, Rich England, Darla Staggs, Ron Hutchison, you know, Vance, Nevada, all these guys that you know—that's just they—they they work their butts off, you know. Dan Murphy and that—they just, you know, like, and like I say, it's hours and hours of their own time to put this on together. And uh, it's just an amazing event, and uh, you know, it's it's back again in August, the end of August next year, and in 2024 at the Plaza Hotel in in Las Vegas, Nevada, and and uh, yeah i'll be there it doesn't matter you know i'm just gonna keep going as long as i can keep going to it i'll keep going to it so but like i say uh in the 40 45 46 years i've been in the business to finally have a recognition it was nice to have so you know so hope to see a few more but you know you never know I'm But sure. that, that that was that was big that was really big and i really enjoyed it so and i thank them very much for it
0: yeah, and I believe actually my colleague Jack will be in attendance
1: um in Vegas next year. So you might bump into him in person oh, there sure, looking yeah. you just make sure he comes up and if he buys me a cold one I'll shake his <laughs> Or two or three. What's yeah. what's your
0: beer? What's your beer of choice? Yeah. Yes. Hey. What's your beer of choice?
1: As long as it's wet. I'm like Ron hutchison Hand me a bottle <laughs> <laughs> a drink.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um the current product, then, do you watch much of it? Do you keep in touch at everything?
1: What? Do oh you yeah, I to? watch it. I watch it. Yeah. So I'm. I don't watch it on a weekly basis, but I watch it and I keep up to date on what everything that's going on and all that. You pretty well have to, you know, because if you don't see it for a few weeks and then you, you just, you know, you, I I keep an eye on it. So I I, I watch a lot of the independent shows and. And keep an eye on the young people growing, growing up in it, and all that. And uh, and I and I tell all the young young kids in it, the guys and the girls that are getting in it, to don't be afraid to come up to me and ask me to critique your match, or, uh, you know, answer some questions, help you out, and all that. Because I'm there for you. If you want the help, I'll give you the help. You know, so I'm always there for you. So I want to see it continue on after I'm gone too.
0: Yeah, is the WWE. Hall of Fame, something that you would like to be involved in, if there was an opportunity for that.
1: Oh, uh, you yeah, know, of course, you'd, you'd like to be in anything, you know, any, any, anywhere you're being honored, you'd love to be there. So, you know, anywhere it doesn't matter whether it's the huge big places or a small show in Toronto, Ontario, or wherever, you know, you'd love to be honored, no matter where. So, I'm just saying that the Cauliflower Alley was the big. You know the first one that, you know and it, it was a big honor and i'll i'll carry that for the rest of my life so yeah yeah and congratulations as well on that
0: Thank you. so look okay. if the, if the fans want to keep in contact with your appearances your referee and appearances etc where is the
1: best place to do that uh well like i say i'm uh, you know right now i'm just i i do thrash wrestling through the okanagan here in british columbia and and i've been going up and doing some prime time wrestling shows Uh, there's uh some companies down in vancouver but i haven't uh ever been you know i haven't heard from any of the people down there for being booked on the shows down there or anything like that so i'm just uh you know i'm not running out i don't run out and bang on doors there. you know so um, you know, I, I've been around a long time, so uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, far and few in between. I just do them when you know, you know, you get older and all that. You can't, you know, you can't go six, seven days a week. But uh, definitely enjoy being a part of them when they're around. And if the promoters are like that, like to have me, I'm available all the time. They can they can find me on Facebook and that. So
0: yeah. So definitely, have, have you put a a number in your head, like in terms of years, how much longer do you want to do this? Or is there, have you got a I'll, retirement? I'll keep, it's
1: okay, keep going until my knees can't do it anymore. That's pretty well it. So, you know, I love the business. So, and uh, even you know, away from refereeing, if I can't referee, if they will, you know, they need me for something else, and, you know, just to help them out in dress restrooms or whatever, you know, I'm there for it. So, yeah, so I enjoy the do, business. So.
0: Do you think the amount of time you spent refereeing? As opposed to wrestling has
1: saved and conserved your body oh i think so yeah um maybe maybe not i mean i've had uh, two operations on my right knee one for meniscus and one for cartilage and all that and, you know it's it's tough on the knees it's tough on the whole body i mean moving around there so but i i still uh i still go in there you know uh just recently there was a a show in kamloops and and, uh, Vance, Nevada got a little too mouthy with me and, uh, I just, you know, I wasn't taking the scrap and I turned around and I gave him a drop kick. So this old guy can still get up <laughs> and still do drop kicks. You know, I can still throw a punch. Yeah, I can do what I have to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not crippled up or anything like that. So, and uh, I'm the type of uh, official, you know, I go in there and I do my job, you do your job and things will work out fine. So what you're saying maybe is that you're open to wrestling as well. Uh, I don't know about that. That's I, what it yeah. sounded like. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I I couldn't I couldn't sit there and rehearse something in the back. I just would go out and do it. So fair. The kids wouldn't be able to hang with that kind of mentality. Uh <laughs> they'd be lost, so or they'd be asking me what I'm saying. So yeah. Uh. No, I, I've, like I say, I've always enjoyed the business, uh, and uh, I always will enjoy with it, enjoy it. So you know, I'll take it to my grave with me, and and uh, I hope it continues on. You know, if kids can keep it going, good for them. I love it. I love it. So um, I tell a lot of people, get it, it when you get your chance. And there's an independent wrestling show in your town. Go out there and spend the twenty or thirty dollars and go to it. I'm telling you, you're going to get your money's worth. They're going to put on four or five matches in a you know hour and forty-five to two-hour show, and they're they're going to give you your money's worth. And you can go there and get your frustrations out, and pick your favorites and pick the ones you hate and all that. But it, it, go out and go to these independent shows. They're just amazing to go see
0: and that's exactly what i'm doing this weekend because i don't know if you keep in contact with much wrestling over here in ireland but we are in the middle of kind of a little bit of a boom at the moment where
1: great, the wrestling
0: great. is thriving in this very very small country and i'm bringing my two-year-old and my four-year-old to a wrestling show on saturday and uh, about an hour from here in a theater sold out they've been selling out shows all year kind of family friendly shows yeah uh, but all around Ireland, wrestling is thriving. We've had like Enzo Amore was in Dublin last week doing a show. Mm-hmm. We've had Rob Van Dam recently. Scotty 2 Hoddy was over a few weeks ago. Yeah. So all these guys are coming in, you know, of the ex-WWE ilk to pull in the casual audience. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. Meanwhile, we have a stable wrestling,
1: normal yeah. community audience here as well. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny it's doing that over there because here in Canada too, the same thing, independent wrestling is just... Getting hotter and hotter again right now, which is I'm loving it. You know, when when you can pack four hundred, a uh, thousand people in a building, you know, and they're just small buildings. Good for the promoters and good for the wrestlers. You're you're giving the people something where they want to come back to. And, and that's great and I, i'm i'm happy to hear that it's happening over there too so you know sometimes people get tired of the big shows you know they get tired mm-hmm. of it and you can go get two hours of amazing entertainment for 20 or thirty dollars independent show and get their autographs and buy their merch and all that and and yeah. you're what i've always said is you're, you're up close and in their face when you're at an independent show so yeah it's it's yeah. fun it's fun yeah
0: I'm I'm front row at our independent show with with the kids on Saturday. Fifteen dollars, you know, can't get better yeah, than that.
1: Yeah, where where do you get entertainment for that? You know, you know, it's yeah, just a one. Yeah, it's just it's it's just great to have. So, and uh, yeah, it's good to hear that it's it's flying over there because it definitely is here in Canada right now too. So, yeah, exciting times for everyone.
0: Look, Kevin, I really appreciate your time on the show today. It was an absolute blast, and
1: we might Thank do you, this sir, again for having me. It was it was it was great. I enjoyed it. And uh, maybe down the road we can uh, hit up together again soon.
0: Absolutely. Thanks a million, Kevin.
1: Thank you, sir.